want to thank you. Uh, you know, I keep, so I, I have not really spent a whole lot of time in the West. I, I was born in the Midwest. I grew up in, in Wisconsin and uh, immediately after college, headed off to the East Coast and lived there for a bunch of years and now I've been in Kansas City for the last 15 or so. So, you know, kind of, uh, you know, west of the plains is a foreign land to me. <laughs> But what I'm learning, this is an amazing, you, you all have been so active. And I'm, I've known Father Ted for a number of years and, and Stacy, because Ted and Stacy, uh, and they're friends, and I, you know, I never had an opportunity to visit kind of their home. And, um, and to hear the stories from uh, Eleni and, and all of you about how many missionaries you've welcomed here and how many people you've sent somewhere. Glory to God. Thank you for doing this. Um, it's so important. It's so, it's so critical and vital to our kind of walk with Christ on this, on this path of salvation. Um, to, to help those who are the least of us. To do baptisms in, in miraculously in waters that came out of uh, in essence, the desert. And that's what this, this image is. This is taken in Turkana. And if you ever have a chance on our website, there's a, I don't know, a 20-minute video of, of, I mean, this is about seven or eight years ago, but doing mission work in the tribal, 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 arid lands of, of Turkana. This is an entire village being baptized. Father Martin here in the in the water is our executive director and so about eight years ago or nine years ago we started to break into these tribal lands in northern this is northwestern Kenya kind of bordering on the on the desert as as it is and these are tribal lands people who live still a, a, a tribal existence with herds of animals because they can't grow anything in these, in these lands. So about nine, ten years ago, we started to break into that land, and we started to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there, in this video, if you have a chance to see it, I, I encourage it. Father Martin is seen sitting down with the tribal elder. And this tribal elder is a herder. And he'd heard that people were coming, but the rains had come that night before that the OCMC team was supposed to be there. And he didn't think they'd come because of the waters. Well, the team literally, you know, forded the, the streams and found their way to the village. Well, but this, this tribal elder was up in the hills and he heard a voice that said, Go, they're here. He went to the village and there was the team, including Father Martin. And they sat down and they talked about what was important and why the, our missionaries were there. And the tribal elder said something very important. He said, I feel that you are good and that what you bring is good. You have my blessing to share Christianity. It's not orthodoxy. Share Jesus Christ with 
these tribal people who knew nothing, who knew nothing of Christianity. And we'd go, we went back a year later, and the waters came again. And there's, there's great mystical importance associated with the waters of these people who live in this arid land. When the waters come, it's a blessing. And the waters came that next year, and we baptized in the waters. And we scheduled to come back another year. And the waters came that next year, and we baptized another village in those waters, more people. And the third year, the same thing happened. The waters came. God blessed his people in ways that are amazing. And the theme for this today is, you know what? There's good news out there. There's good news. And the news is that Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God is here now present in this world. OCMC's mission is to the world. And it's really about changing lives. One person at a time. Through, through the grace that is brought by the church itself. And of course, our mission comes directly from our Lord to make disciples of all nations. Bringing people to Christ and His church. So that we may know His love. His saving love. And the interesting part about that piece is, yes, of course, whoops, sorry, that we are bringing His changing love to people who don't know it, but at the same time, His changing love is changing us as missionaries. It's changing us as priests. We are seeing things in the glory of God that we may not have that opportunity here in this world, but in that world we can see that and, and know it. I, I, I share this very briefly. I'll move on really quick. But this is really important. We pray this, and the Basil's liturgies are all kind of coming up, and, and we may or may not hear these prayers, because these are kind of the prayers that the priest would, would say um, right after the consecration. And I don't know, Father, if you do those out loud or not, but um, yeah, so you'll hear this. Remember, O Lord, your holy Catholic and apostolic church, is, which is from end to end of the universe. Nothing about whether you're Greek or Antiochian or Russian or Serbian. Nothing about whether you're American or Australian or Martian. It doesn't matter. Our Lord's church is from end to end of the universe. And we also pray for their earthly, temporal, and corruptible gifts. Grant them your heavenly and eternal and incorruptible ones. So we bring our corruptible gifts, our kind of failing, miserable selves, and we ask our Lord to convert us through His church to something that's incorruptible, that's something that's glorified, that's something that is glorious. And that is what OCMC is bringing to places around the world. I'll talk briefly about Kenya. I know Eleni talked about Kenya, but this is a place that is very interesting. And, and the historical perspective is that... 
<clears throat> Father Matthew gave me his cold today. <laughs> Just so you know. I gotta blame somebody. <clears throat> yeah, he's generous that way. That's nice. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> Pile on time. <laughs> well, he did wash his hands. So, the, um, Kenya's an interesting place. Uh, Mid-20th century, so the 40s, um, missionaries came from uh, Greece and Crete and started to work um, to share as, as the world was sort of opening up after World War II. Um, they were starting to share the Christian faith a little at a time. So the church was planted. Um, there might have been a church or two prior to that, but it was, it was very tentative. Uh, it really wasn't until the, after World War II that the church really kind of started to, um, to get kind of organized. The interesting thing is, today in Kenya, which I'm, I'm going to guess, I don't know, geographically, maybe it's the size of Oregon or thereabouts. Maybe it's a little bit smaller. Um, today, there's 275 parishes. There's four dioceses, of which three have bishops. All 275 parishes have priests. I'm guessing in Oregon there's not 275. Are we a little a little less than that? Okay, twenty. So, so mid twenties, and they all have priests, more or less. But here we are. I mean, Kansas is the same way. We've got 18, 17, 18 parishes. Um, there's one. There's several that don't have priests. These are images of just our missionaries and doing, doing their work, doing the work. Of, of mission, the mission teams do, our missionaries do. And, and literally, it's, I, I love this one. This is kind of one of my favorites. I don't know what, what hand game they're playing, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Here's one human reacting and interacting with another human and sharing a moment, sharing love. And that's what our missionaries, mission teams do. A year ago, uh, one of the diocesan bishops um, fell asleep in the Lord, and Bishop uh, Athanasius, uh, you might have heard Western uh, Kisumu in Western Kenya, um, and a lot of these images actually come from from his area. But um, I wanted to share this one with you, and and you know you can decide whether this is communion. This is a liturgy I was at uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, sharing that video because it's just like us right <laughs> well yes and no right I mean yes we all took communion like this today yeah. sure but are any of us dancing with joy to receive the body and blood of Christ 
It's a great moment. But have we been led to the point where joy overwhelms us? I don't know. You know, and, and that's the one thing. They have nothing. They have nothing. Literally nothing. By our standards, they have less than nothing. But they have one thing. And these people who are in the church, and this is why it's so important to do this work, they have the knowledge that this world extends beyond this nothing. They have that knowledge. They know it. For sure, they know it. And it gives them joy. So I was saying, this is, this is Bishop Athanasius. I was, I was actually serving on a mission team in his diocese. We were doing a clergy retreat, and, and we met with his hundred parish priests. He uh, came to America last fall on a, on a trip to visit uh, donors and kind of, kind of talk about the mission work in, in Western Kenya, and became ill and ended up uh, dying in a church, just in a hospital just west of uh, Boston. And then we, OCMC, took him home. Um, and I wanted to share with you the Trisagian, the, the, the highlights from the whole, from the whole funeral uh, event. Because it illustrates them and their joy, even in a horrible, Thank you. 
Never be Gumbi Nagua Gumbi Just like ours, right? But there's joy in the knowledge that this isn't the end. I, I, it comes out so clearly in that, in that. So, OCMC works, and I mentioned we work in 30 countries, um, and I'm highlighting a few of the countries where we do probably the most work. Kenya is an amazing story of growth in five minutes, 15 minutes. Kenya is this amazing story of growth and rebirth, but so is Albania. Um, here we are in, in Albania, Archbishop Anastasios came shortly after the fall of communism. The, the church reacquired the 600 properties that it had lost in the, in the days of, of the communist uh, destruction. And the Albanian people, though, were, had never really lost faith, um, had never really lost their, their sense of, of holiness, that there is something else besides this world. Um, there's a, a funny story. So there's a, we, we actually had a team, a, a group, Father Martin and his, and some folks went to um, a small village outside in the mountains. It was, it was way away. And, and they were, he was asking them about the bad days during the communist times. And this woman, this woman said, you know, we would look at the moon and we knew what the calendar was and so we knew when Pascha was. So first of all, I can't imagine any of us actually looking at the cycles of the moon to decide when. But here they, so for all those years, that's what they did. And then she said, Oh yeah, we and we we you know cracked eggs, so we they boil eggs and they still still crack them, but you couldn't put the red eggs in your garbage. So she said we collected the eggs and we we go down the street to the mayor's house and we throw them and we throw the eggs in his garbage can and then we go home. Okay, okay. But Archbishop Anastasius has built that church back to a vibrant. Actually, in 25 years, they're at a point where now they're going to start sending missionaries. I can see Albanian missionaries coming to America to teach us to be Orthodox. In Indonesia, there's so many things happening. And it's a beautiful place with a, with a very, very humble faith. A faith that's some kind, it's somehow in, uh, it, it distilled by the persecution that surrounds them. 80% uh, of the country is Muslim. You know, another 15% of the country is Hindu. The Hindus don't bother the Christians a whole lot, but the Muslims, uh, who knows? In one, we have a cathedral in Madan, for example, the, the, the faithful will come to the church and they come on time. Here's another, here's another reason to come on time. They lock the doors. Blessed is the kingdom, the doors are locked. You know, because, not that they're expecting anything 
But who knows? In Guatemala, another place where, where miracles literally are happening. About 11 years ago, a, a priest, a Catholic priest, converted to orthodoxy, Father Andres Grivan. You may have heard Jesse has been here. So, you know, Jesse's... Uh... Oh, and Jennifer, that's right, that's right, I did know that. And so Jen and, and Jesse, you know, are, have been integral for, for, for a number of years. And Jesse's doing it right. He is uh, expanding the number of missionaries we have by marrying local, pe local girls. But, you know, the interesting thing is, so, you know, we built that clinic, and then a young lady, uh, Jesse's now wife, um, expressed an interest to, to serve that clinic. So we kind of, we found a way to send her to, to medical school. So OCMC paid for her education. Now she's in residency, uh, but we'll be coming back to this clinic in, in Aguacate. Ten years ago, there, were no, there was no Orthodox presence. Today, in Aguacate, we have a cathedral. In the villages in this northern Mayan, kind of indigenous Mayan, northern Guatemalan region on the, on the border of Mexico, 110 communities, 25, uh, it's hard to even guess. I mean, Jesse and we've asked them, how many? Well, we think there's about 25,000 people who are attending those services in those parishes. We have five priests, unfortunately. But more to come on that, we will have um, a, um, a seminary in Aguacate. We will have it. Um, you know, I, I have to, I know I'm, I'm, I forgot to look at what the time, so what, what, what do I have, about five minutes? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Oh, there you are. I thought you left. <laughs> so, all right, I got So, so we send missionaries, we send people, we're in a people-sending business. We're a human resource business, sharing God's love through people. And then conversely, receiving God's love and bringing it back to our communities here in America that change everyone involved. Um, but we do many other things. We do grants, we do uh, support a, very, a variety of things around the world. In construction, we're building a housing projects. We've got a church in uh, Buzia, in Indonesia. We've got a, this is uh, that, that parish that we're building in Indonesia. We do medical work. Um, we right now have a missionary in Alaska, uh, Floyd Franz, who's doing the St. Dimitri alcohol treatment program in Alaska. He, he developed it in Romania. He's now spending a year in Alaska kind of trying to establish something that will uh, heal, heal the, 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 the cancer of, um, of alcoholism in the villages particularly. It's, it's destroying the churches and destroying the clergy families and as a result destroying the communities. Uh, it's horrible. We send medical teams and medications uh, to Guatemala. We work at a church uh, hospital in Madan. There's the physician training of uh, Jesse's wife, uh, Jesse's husband, uh, Jesse's wife. 
palliative care in Greece. We also work in Uganda. Uh, we'll, we'll work in a number of different places throughout East Africa. We supply, we give diocesan support, like literal support, to the diocese in all these places around the world. Uh, orphanage care, Home of Hope in Albania is a beautiful, it's, um, it, it's not an orphanage per se because ideally the kids that are at the Home of Hope will be reunited with their, um, with their families. It, it's, it's a foster care facility ideally. Um, but there's many circumstances where parents just can't support another child. So the church has created this, this safety net in Albania to, to provide for those, those you know, critical um, last ditch kind of needs. We've worked with all of these various orphanages over, over time. And we provide education support to all of these places. A lot in, a lot in Kenya. Here's an interesting project. We uh, just delivered a well drilling machine that is very unique. Um, obviously, drinking, having potable water, having clean water is, is a critical need in East Africa, in Tanzania, Uganda, uh, even in West Africa, Ghana, in a number of places. Having good water is critical. This device comes apart into all these pieces that can be loaded on the back of a, of a pickup truck. We um, found someone at the, this is what developed at uh, BYU Engineering School. Uh, we bought a test sample, a test well, um, and delivered it this past August to Western Kenya. And they've now dug two wells. Um, it's, the, mach the machine cost about $4,000. To dig a well, if you were going to hire somebody in Kenya to go do it, it would be a minimum of ten thousand. If you're not even, if you're not close to a city, it might be twenty thousand to dig a well. And then you don't have anything. You have the well, but you you can't continue. It's it's a one-time expense. Here, this one-time expense allows the the diocese itself to sustain, to have their own, you know, solutions to problems. Um, we one of a couple of the other things we do. And, and I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to uh, talk about um, a couple of the things we do. We support theological education, and I don't know why I didn't have a slide, but um, the, theo the theology school in uh, uh, Nairobi, um, theology school in uh, Tirana. We're building a theology school. Literally, uh, we're going to build it in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Guatemala, in Aguacate. And then we're also working on one in, uh, in um, Korea, Indonesia, still in the works. We supply, uh, so right now we have 396 priests somewhere in the world um, receiving a monthly stipend. It's called the Su Support a Mission Priest Program. And I wanted to highlight this one because it's, um, it's incredible the effect that this program has. And by the way, I have a whole host of, of things you can kind of take with you from here, information about what we do and where we do it, and I'll, I'll leave that with you. But uh, I just want to talk about support a mission priest for a moment. Uh, for, for the investment of $600 a year or $50 a month, that money literally gets transferred directly to a priest, and there's 396 of them somewhere in the world receiving that stipend. It is 
kind of the secret. I, I might have been a little snarky about um, about 275 priests in Kenya. All of you know, 275 parishes, 275 priests. We can't do the same thing. But the economics of the re, of the situation are entirely different here as opposed to there. But what the stamp support does is allows the bishops to ordain men with the knowledge that they're not going to starve to death. That they can be bivocational. They're all bivocational. They're all typically farmers. Um, not in Nairobi, but, but in Kasumu and Neri, the, the other dioceses, they're typically doing farming work as well as caring for their flock. So the SAMP um, support gives uh, the bishops more flexibility in terms of ordaining men uh, and knowing that they're not going, that they will survive. So it's a it's a beautiful program. Ideally, our diocese there, those dioceses are supporting their own priests. Their parishes are supporting their own priests. Ideally, but that today is not the reality. Today, the reality is they need that support. Uh, maybe not in a, this is a transitionary program. Maybe not in our lifetime, but it is transitioning. So ideally, uh, maybe it'll transition to other places. So it'll still be around for the next 150 or 200 years, but today we're supporting those priests to do that work um, of building the church. That's who we are. Um, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for, um, for your prayers. S send a mission team. Send a team. You know, this is a wonderful, I'm learning so much about Portland and even, I've been in Seattle a couple different times. We have a, a board member, a very long-term board member, Cliff Argue, um, up in Seattle. So he's invited me up a couple times. So many dedicated, active, intense Orthodox here in this area. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. Five, eight, ten people can go on a team. That's it. Find a team. Go somewhere. Every other year, we send a team to Mexico. Perfect. And, um, Perfect. Friend, my son was part of a team that went to Guatemala uh, quite a few years ago. And it was over 10 years ago. They went to Hobart Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We, um, so we've not, it, 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 there's been a, that's a really long story about the whole Hogar and the whole Guatemalan government and so thank God I think they're actually back on track and we'll see where where that all goes but um, so we haven't worked with them for a little while but at the same time it's uh, that's wonderful um, yeah Project Mexico is actually kind of uh, in a collaboration now with OCMC so they're full-time missionaries are actually OCMC missionaries um, you know uh, they get their W-2 from us. They're doing the work there at Project Mexico, of course. That's their assignment. But they have a, if they want to go somewhere else or if they want to have other experiences in the mission world, now it, it kind of opens it up. Um, plus, uh, OCMC has a little bit different, um, I want to say, capability to care for, financially care for the missionaries than uh, Project Mexico did. So their missionaries are a lot better off now, very honestly, from an insurance standpoint, from a uh, savings plan standpoint, and all of the various benefits we offer missionaries. So yeah, we're in collaboration with Project Mexico, so it's really kind of cool. So there you go. 
Did I finish on time? Yes. Thank you.